Hello, teammates, and welcome to The Gold Diggers, a program where we discuss stories of leadership and motivation with sports serving as a metaphor dedicated to daily grinders, corporate athletes, and go-getters. This is Simone Haldon, digging in with my co-hosts, Reli San Agustin and Robbie Devera, and we are your resident gold diggers. So, in our previous episode, we had a conversation with one of the forerunners of sports psychology in the Philippines, Doc Marisa Ginto who shared with us how high performers consistently achieve success through the lessons she reaped from working with Filipino world champions. And she shares that wherever we are and when it comes to achieving our goals, it helps to, number one, develop personal meaning. Know why you want to succeed and find that internal meaning, that hugot, that personal value, because having that to hold on to can be very powerful. Number two, be intentional in the execution. Champions have an ardent desire in their field and have relentless determination and do things with purpose. Number three, embrace adversity as a necessity. Know that there is value in failure and it helps to learn to embrace and honor adversity as a sacred reality of high performance for the path towards success. Such great tips on how to be a high performer from Doc Marisa. And everything she shared is related to what we have in store for you today. But of course, I wouldn't be able to do this without the help of my fellow gold diggers. So, Rally, Robbie, what can our teammates expect from this episode? Hello, teammates. Well, first of all, I'd like to welcome you guys again to another episode. Thanks for joining us. You know, we hope you will stick around for this whole program today. As today is a very, very special episode. One, as we talk about one of humankind's most dreaded feeling, you know, and a feeling that prevents us from, from doing things with ease or taking on new things. And this feeling is what we call fear. How do we break it? Realize that our greatest self is on the other side of it and what will it take to overcome it? To tell you more about this and to introduce our special guest, here's Robbie. Thanks, Rails. So, hey, teammates, we're excited to welcome our next guest, who, was a, who is a personal icon of ours and as well as the country's aspiring swimmers. We got another kindred individual here, a fellow gold digger and one of the most accomplished athletes in the country, and none other than our next guest, Akiko Thompson Guevara. So we hope you stay tuned as we dig into how she can teach us a thing or two about how to develop courage in our effort to become high performers like her. So back to you, Sim. Thanks, Robbie. So like what Robbie said, we have with us today one of the most accomplished athletes in the country, a swimming champion who has represented the Philippines in five Southeast Asian Games and three Olympics. Some of you might also know her during her time as a TV host for Game Plan, and she was a sports commissioner in the PSC from 2008 to 2016, and now she's the president of the Philippine Olympians Association. I actually mentioned her guest uh, last season during our kickoff episode and you know how I really look up to her not only because of her achievements but because of her advocacies and her visibility and for her being a voice uh, for women in sports and choosing to stay involved to bring Philippine sports forward. So you know it's such a privilege to finally have her guest here. So let's all welcome Akiko Thompson Guevara. Thank you for having me here. It's really a pleasure to, to be with you on, on your show today. Thank you. Yeah. So, Kika, what have you been up to lately? Um, well, we, you know, so we were running a swim school uh, pre-COVID. And that all shut down uh, just as summer came along, which is our busiest season. And that was very challenging but you know everyone's pretty much in the same same boat um so i but i think the blessing also was that you know i have two three young kids and so you know just being there for them as they also adjusted to, to online school it's it, it's hard especially for young kids you know and and, and the parents and I'm, I'm actually i'm learning too how to just back off and pick and choose my um my battles with them but yeah um i've been taking some courses uh online and really been very much um 
involved with the Philippine Olympians Association and the work that we're doing there. So can you tell us more about what you're doing with the, with the Philippine Olympians Association? Yeah. So, um, gosh, I, you know, I've been involved since the get-go. And um, in 20, I think it was 14 or 15 when our president then passed away, I, I took on the a role as president of the Philippine Olympians. And it, I, uh, right now, we, this, you know, surprisingly, you know, despite COVID, we've been so active. I mean, pre-COVID, we were doing a lot of sports clinics uh, with the street children, uh, send-offs and whatnot. But um, this past year, we initiated a mental wellness uh, sessions for our national athletes. Uh, we started an online sports leadership program with someone we all know, Noli, and some of getting the Olympians to be speakers. Um, and then just more recently, we've been, we're, we're, we're embarking on a passion project of ours, which is to uh, doc document our participation in the Olympic Games, and uh, we're you know creating a website for ourselves and um, putting all the data database online and uh, accessible for everyone. That's that's a dream. That's a goal. That's great. Now, so actually, for the people who are involved in the sports community, we see a lot of the you know the activity that you guys have been up to, and it's it's, it's actually posted on your social media pages, right? Your respective social media pages. What's the mandate of the Philippine Olympians Association and how can, like, um, what, what do the Olympians look forward to with this association and how can the public get involved? Ah, public. Well, the Philippine Olympians Association is for Filipino Olympians. So if you're an Olympian, you're automatically a member. It's uh, to provide fellowship, but also we try to provide, help our Olympians however way we can. You know, we're not being funded by any organization, there are grants available to us, but you know, we, if we can help them with the transitioning uh, from life after, if we can help them uh, financially when in their time of need, uh, we, we've done that as well. And there are a lot of programs available um, to us through the World Olympians Associations. Uh, there are grants for service to society and service to Olympians, and so um, they, they help us do meaningful work in, in, our, in our localized, where we are. Um, we do a lot of, uh, we have general uh, assemblies every uh, four years, gatherings. Yeah, we just, I think uh, the POA, we just wanna be, um, be relevant and be meaningful however way we can. And so like this past year, you know, we've done a lot in nurturing our relationships with the different stakeholders, with the PSC, with the POC, because we're all partners and, and we need one another. And I know the Olympians, you know, have a, have a role to play. It's, it's such a, a platform that we have. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to, uh, yeah, do, do, do something meaningful and good. That's great. Support. No. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I was just thinking about how people can, can uh, support us. Uh, well, you know, we're always finding, uh, trying to find people to partner with. Um, one of the projects we wanted to do was something for the environment. And so we try to link up with people that are already doing the work. And Yeah, that's great. No? So parang it's like, um, of course, the Olympians have brought a lot of honor to the country. And it's nice that there's the Olympic Associ uh, Olympian Association that's really helping them out transition to like what they can do beyond their competitive sports careers, right? And I like the, the angle on inspiring and teaching other children to get into sports as well, because that's one of the key areas where the Olympians as um, icons can really help out. And hopefully it's, it's also aligned with our vision on um, helping progress Philippine sports, at least one initiative at a time. So yeah, best of luck with with the yeah. with the efforts on the POA, and best of luck also in trying to pull in support from the, especially from the the private sector. Yeah, so Akiko, um, besides the POA, what else is keeping you busy? I mean, with, with the swim school at a halt right now, you know, yeah, how's everything? You know, how's family? You know? 
Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed that my husband was able to find work even despite COVID. And so, you know, it puts a little ease there. Um, but I've actually um, recently, an opportunity came up for Olympians to be assessors of schools. And so there, there it's, it's an AFEC program, athlete-friendly schools. And it's a program that's being run by the World Academy of Sports and the IB curriculum. So um, yeah, I applied. I um, took these online classes and yeah, we're so hopefully God willing um, next year we'll be doing some assessing schools to see how, I, I don't know if equips the right word, but you know, if, if they're looking at all the needs to help the student athlete blossom in, in not just athletically, but academically as well. So that's, that's been something fun um, that, you know, I, I've been doing. God willing, the swim school will be back, um, I don't know, sometime this year. Yeah, we're all hoping for that. I think for, for sports in general to just get back and, you know, continue on. Because, you know, we're like with our kids just really stuck at home. Yeah, yeah it's, it's... It's so... It's quite, you know, it's 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 sad to see. It's it, you know, just being here and not being able to go out. I mean, we're able to take them on rides, but but not really go down and you know do the normal stuff. And yeah, yeah. And I guess this is something that we just have to be patient and, and and wait for. But but it's a good thing that you're doing, you know, trying to keep yourself busy and productive besides you know other things and try to still yeah. stay relevant, you know, to the sport. So yeah, it's the best of luck. So, wow, you, you've been doing a lot of things lately. And of course, I mean, the, you have your own challenges. Go, uh, you're going through your own challenges also. And well, and also you're doing a lot of great things. Uh, but we're going to do a bit of a throwback. And, you know, you, growing up, you were no strangers to sacrifice. And you were no stranger to sacrifices. And, and one of the biggest ones you made was your move to the States to train. And could you tell us more about how you ended up having to move? Yeah, you know, so I was, um, I had joined the national team when I was 12, 13, and um, was training. That was the time when the national team was really, we had a lot of people on the team, and it was a big group that we were training at the University of Life. And then there came a point where it just fizzled down to just me and uh, my coach, uh, Pinky Brosses, and he felt that it was time for me, if I wanted to go to the next level, uh, that I needed to go abroad. And uh, I mean, you can imagine how uh, hard, boring and hard it is to just, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching. You need to be it's, it's better to be a small fish in a big pool than a big fish in a small, small pool. So he, um, yeah, we, we were able to find um, through the POC, there's a Olympic solidarity funds and they typically send a lot of um, athletes abroad to train. And so through, through that, I was sent to USC, Southern Cal with Eric Buhain to train. It was supposed to be for the summer um, but the program was just going so well that I ended up, we found a way for me to basically stay on for the whole year. I finished my senior year of high school, uh, in the U S and I, I, um, I, I live with a foster family. Um, uh, the reason being is because their son was training for the Canadian Olympic team. He was also going to be a senior in high school. And so it just, it just worked out so well for me to live with their family, go to that high school and train. Uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, my senior year of high school, I, I went to the US and it, it, was, uh, it was very challenging, uh, obviously, you know, not having any friends, um, but it, you know, it was, it, uh, it was an opportunity also I couldn't pass up. And, and it, you know, the program was just going so well. And how is it like, you know, having to train abroad and having to leave your family behind? And you, you, I know you're really close to your family. So, yeah, I, yeah how was that like? 
it was hard. But initially, I only thought I was going for the summer. So, okay lang, I'll be back. Um, but then it was for the whole year. But, you know, at that, at that time, you know, I really, I look back at that period and I feel like it was uh, shifting gears from, from third gear to fourth gear. And, you know, I guess I was just so, you're we also focused on preparing for the SEA Games and the Olympics that, um, I don't know how I was able to do it, but by the grace of God, you know, I, 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 I often tell people, I just feel like I felt like I was being sent on a mission by the government. And, and you know, I just had to go there and, 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 and do the best I could, but it was hard, you know? I had family uh, 40 minutes away uh, who I would see in the, in the weekends, but yeah, it's lonely. I find it fun. I, I like that you mentioned um, you felt like you're on a mission. Uh, and of course, it becomes a personal mission as well to be able to do all these things. I mean, as long, uh, when you're a top athlete or really a top performer, you know, pressure comes from different sources and sometimes maybe from your coach, maybe from your family, maybe from your supporters and, and even yourself. And when, when you're representing the country, there's that sense of duty that, you know, you got to make your country proud. Uh, you share with us an interesting story about the 1991 Southeast Asian Games held in the Philippines yes. and how the Philippines ended up being behind Indonesia by one goal. And you said you kind of blamed yourself for that. Why is that? Uh, yeah, that was a painful lesson for me, but a very powerful lesson for me also. I, you know, at, the, at that Southeast Asian Games in 1991, we were hosting it. So it was a big deal. And it, it was so amazing for any athlete just to have the home crowd there. I won two gold medals and two silvers. And after one of my silver medal in the 53, it was really hairline uh, loss. Uh, you know, we were going back to the hotel and this doorman said to me, Mom! And, you know, it was, it was a, a very, uh, it just it took me by surprise. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I was, it, it was sad. I went up to the room and I just started crying because I felt like I really let down the country. And, you know, it just, I guess you, it, it heightened by the fact that, as you said, you know, the country lost the overall championship by one goal. So of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, if I just got those two golds, we would have, you know, so yeah, it, was, um, it, was a, it was a painful lesson, but it was also a very good one because I, I realized from that just that I wasn't going to be able to, to satisfy everyone's expectations of me and that everyone has, everyone will always have different expectations for me. And so I just had, you know, it, it just got me thinking about why, why am I doing what I'm doing and, you know, what, what is really the only thing I could ever ask of myself is to just do my best and really that's more than enough and and so it was just a, a good lesson painful but good lesson to do your best so uh it's interesting that you mentioned that you know you have to be able to find mean and you asked yourself you know why are you doing this and and in our previous episode uh doc marissa mentioned you know, the, the the value of developing your personal meaning so to you, what, what does doing your best mean? If you're, if you're yeah, what, what is that to you? Well, you know, I mean, doing my, it's basically showing up for workout, right? I mean, you, you do the work that's expected of you um, and by your coaches and, and uh, you know, you trust, you trust the program. And you, you do the best you can, and then you know you, you trust your coach that he knows what he's what what we're what we're doing, the path we're taking, and and then come come competition because there's a whole science, as you guys all know, there's a whole science to training. You know when you're gonna put on the the heavy load, when when you back off, when you know, and and just yeah. And so come competition, you know, I mean when when you know that you've done the work, then it makes. I think that's where there, you have a sense of peace when you're racing because you know, you've done everything that you possibly can and now it's just showtime, you know, go out there, uh, have fun and race. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I enjoy racing, you know, I'm very competitive by nature. So it was something that I actually enjoyed doing. 
if if you were so if you were to define um what's excellence to you i i think that's very personal i mean for me it's just again i'm sorry if i sound like a broken record but it's just knowing that i with anything even in my work now it's just knowing that i've done the best possible job i i'm not okay na to i yeah, I have certain, I think I have certain principles in my, I like to finish what I start. I, I just like to, I don't like, I know it. I don't like work that's just, I think it's a reflection of us. And so I, you know, I, I want to be able to be proud and, and, and know that I'm not, yeah, but I think the coach also plays a very important role in, in pushing us because sometimes it's so painful that we, you know, uh, and the coach knows how much more you can go and, and they'll push you to your limit. And so, yeah, it's, it's uh, just always giving it your best in training. So, you know, what we do is a reflection of us. Um, we have to highlight that because, I mean, if it's not only just, you know, you're, you're doing, um, it's not because you're just doing it for the country, but you're also doing it for yourself. You know, it's an internal purpose as well. And it just so happens it's also your duty as a top athlete, as a performer. To, but to, Simone, you know, it, it, it's such a privilege, really, to represent the country. It's such an honor and a privilege. And, you know, I, I, it's, it was, yeah. I've just been so blessed for someone who had no aspirations of, of you know, going to the Olympics to have yeah. been directed and and had all the people that came into my life to make it such uh, is really I, I it's such a I, I a gift. Yeah. What a journey you've had though. I mean, all those things adding up to to you competing in three Olympics even. And, and, and that's coming from, like, you know, you didn't exactly have a concrete plan in mind. That's very interesting. Uh, but uh, if you were to remember your best or most memorable season, um, how would you describe that? How, um, you know, like the, the times that you performed the best, that you feel like you performed the best, or it's just the generally most memorable time as a swimmer, um, how was it like? There's also the most painful just leading up to it. I, you know, when you talk, when I talk about the, the time in the U.S., it was so intense. I didn't menstruate for a whole, almost a whole year. You know, it, it just affected me physically. I was, I was also on a diet and, you know, it was just, it was so intense. But, but having said that, you know, with all my races, I always knew, you know, when you're on the starting block and there's just quiet and there's the quiet confidence, then, then I kind of, you know, it's, it's, uh, the work's been done then and you, but I, you know, the thing is, Simone, you don't just, it's, it's, it's a gradual process of learning how to deal with your jitters, your whole routine. And I, I guess, but, but just to answer your question, I, you know, what, um, I, there's just a quiet confidence on the ready bench. You know, I, I've done the work, you know, now it's just time to, have fun and, and, and race and execute, you know, that, and when my mind is still, that's when I always know that I'm in a good place. Yeah, we'd like to dig in deeper into that, you know, the, what's happening in your head before all these things or having to deal with these different responsibilities that you have. So I'm going to hand you over to, to Robbie and, and Relly now. So Robbie? Thanks so much, Sim and Akiko. So many notes already from what has been discussed so far. Um, I like where you ended off with the quiet confidence. Let's dig in deeper with that uh, later on. But I'd like to start with a few, a few notes that I took down already. Um, I really like what you said on excellence being personal and, um, what you, and because it's a reflection of you, right? And that's the reason why you hold yourself in high regard because it reflects on you and the mission that you imposed upon yourself, right? I like that because it, it, it shows necessity. And necessity is actually uh, one of those habits of high performers. And it's, it's that habit that actually, um, when you said about, when you talked about having that meaningful motivation, it's actually that habit that, that allows us to see things through, especially in tough challenges. And I also like that point you raised on the doorman incident. Um, you know, it's actually very 
interesting and you know it's it just shows the pressure that you put upon yourself imagine you are putting the hopes of the country on your back and that's you know that's not an easy feat for a, a mere mortal you know what i mean <laughs> so what i'd like to say is um i've seen we we worked uh, a lot and encountered a lot of each other back in uh back in your time in the psc and back in when you were still um you, when you were also an ambassador for Milo back in the day. So, and I noticed that you carry yourself around with a lot of confidence. You seem very sure of yourselves, yourself in the various roles that you've played so far. So as an athlete, as a television host, as a leader, and as a parent. So when we had that pre-discussion, you remember this, it was quite surprising for us to learn that of all these challenges that you had in your life journey so far, you're actually... You said you shared with us that you actually had fear coming into these respective challenges. So, can you take us through the revelation and uh, what these moments were in your life that brought out those fears? I'll preface it by saying I'm a good actress, aren't I? No, um, no but really, no. Um, even from the get-go, when I, you know, I told you I started swimming at six years old for the pure fun, and then when I was invited to join the national team, that entailed me leaving my club team, me leaving my siblings. And you know, for a 11, 12 year old girl, that's kind of scary, you know, and you, you kind of don't want to leave the comforts of, of, of your siblings also. And so I just remember, you know, kind of just like crying and sitting down with my coach and, and, you know, just not sure yet, you know, I'm grateful that through the conversations with the coach, through the conversations with my parents, I, you know, I came to realize that, wow, this is, this is an opportunity that doesn't come every day. And, and you know, I, you know, it's either you welcome it or it goes away. And so I'm just thankful that I did uh, because really, I mean, that just brought me to a different level of, of, of sport. And, you know, the club, club swimming was first gear national team that second third gear you know i start you start doing you start lifting weights you, you know dry land stuff and um just so it's a gra gradual increment but yes um robbie it, it's something that i think i i think for anyone any change is is scary and you know especially if it's it's nothing something that you hadn't planned on um the other example i all i often give also was after um, when I was invited to join the PSC as a commissioner. I mean, working in government was the last thing on my radar, really. I just didn't think me. Um, and so I remember just, you know, the, the chairman at the time called me in, wanted to talk to me, and I went in, and I was just like, and I just had to pray over it and go home and just talk to my dad and, and, and again realized that this was also such a wonderful opportunity again to serve, not just swimming, you know, because I had always been involved in, in my sport, giving back in some one capacity, but to help uh, other sports as well. And so I did it afraid. I, I mean, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I think that it's the unknown and, and not sure. Yeah, not, yeah, the unknown. But I'm, I'm so glad that I, I entered into these things because, you know, you don't want to be, fear can hold you back, right? You need to, you really just need to step into them and face them so that they, they lose control over you, really. I have to tell you something, Robbie, though. I was reading something today just by chance, and it said that courage is a skill, which made me, when I thought about it, it made me realize it's like a muscle that you have to just develop. And it doesn't mean that it gets any easier. I mean, I just recently had to face another fear. You know, um, I can tell you if you want me to, but you know, it, 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 it's, it's, and I guess it, it, I notice in each time, I just need uh, time to pause and reflect and speak to people that mean mentor, you know, people I look up to and really just pray about it. That's perfect. Uh, so exactly. So I, I, I like what the point on uh, what you mentioned on courage being a skill that can be developed like a muscle, right? So um, close, uh, clo directly connected to that, how did you address those challenges? The fear? 
Yeah. I walked into them. I, I, I did it afraid. I did it afraid. And, you know, sure enough, I actually had fun training with the national team. It was, it was hard. Yeah. But, you know, I met all these new people and, you know, I start, I, I got to compete at my first ASEAN age group in Bangkok. And that was so cool, you know? So I guess you just have to one step at a time and, and, you know, trust that the Lord will provide the people, uh, the, the, the grace that you need to, to, to just, know what you need to do. I mean, I, I say this in reference to PSC because, yeah. I can, I can imagine the challenge, no? I wanna throw it back to that example that you told us when you were so tired from the workouts that you were doing back in your senior high and that um, the tip that you mentioned to us was that uh, when you, in, in that challenge, you mentioned to show up, face your fear, and be all there. Can you take us through that experience? And then what does that mean for us to be all there? Are you talking about the time I, I ditched workout? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. This is like one of the only times that I've actually done it. But, you know, it was just waking up at 4.30 in the morning. You know, we had this whole routine. Mike was a guy that I was training with, we'd have our oatmeal before and drive to the pool 30 minutes to get there. It was just, so, it was tiring. We were training twice a day and we'd go home afterwards, go to school, go back home, go to the pool. You know, it was really tiring. And there was just one day we just said, let's just rest. So we drove all the way to the parking lot and we, we just slept in the car and we went home and it was, um, we thought we got away with it, but then we came back uh, later that afternoon and the coach, our coach didn't say a word to us. He just wrote the workout on the board and it was this crazy workout and, you know, 100 100s in a 25 yard pool. 25 yards is very short. So you're going back and back and back. It was, ugh. but it was, you know, we learned our lesson and yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a it was an ugly ugly lesson, but you know, I mean, I, not to do it again. Right. No. So I can only imagine, like, because, um, like for the athletes, uh, in the audience, right? So they've been there. They've they've seen like what a hell week is, right? And you know, yeah. sometimes the motivation isn't enough to pick you, yourself up in the morning. But what I like about what you said was that, you know, you signed up for this. So if you signed up yeah. for this and. Um, you you dedicate yourself to this mission you need to be all there that's what you said right you wanted to say something. I have, yeah no i have to say i think i get that from my father because you know um even growing up when we were not even in competitive uh that competitive yet swimming when we joined the club team you know we couldn't just decide oh We'll, show, we'll go today, tomorrow, no, we'll stay home. You know, next day we'll go. If we signed up for something, we had to be there. And um, we, we were required to play piano every day for an hour a day. You know, it, it, it was just something, um, yeah, exactly what you said. You know, you, you sign up for something, you show up, you do, you know, you don't, you don't uh, just pick and choose. So I think that's something that it has carried with me, uh, just through life. That's great. So taking it back a little bit, Lang, um, you said that earlier on, the fear served the purpose. Can you remind us what uh, that purpose, fear played in your journey? Robbie, I think that fear was just, I want to do a good job. I guess the fear of not doing a good job, the fear of not knowing what to do, the fear of, I guess, failure in that sense. You know, I, I think uh, that that's where it comes from. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the lesson, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, I think sometimes you, um, it's bigger than it actually is. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. Right. No. So if I can maybe process that a little bit, um, I think what you're saying is um, the fear that we imagined is actually bigger than what it actually is. I think that's what you were trying to say, right? So, and, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, it's it's there's still hard work, but you know, it's it's you know, one day at a time, one step at a time, and then you know, it it, it yeah, I, I, it does. I mean, it doesn't get easier. It, it's Workout is workout. It's hard, but you just there's. I, uh, uh, well, the, I'm, when I think about the PSC, you just kind of you, you get used to it. You know, you kind of know what you're supposed to do. Gotcha. We understand you there, and you know, actually, we have the, the fear to thank you for. You know, because without that driving force, I don't think you would have achieved. You know, these accolades that you have so far in your athletic career, and you know what you've achieved even after that with your contributions in like to sports, right? So thanks so much for that. Um, I, I turn you over to Relly because what we want to dig deeper into now is how uh, beyond the mentality of how fear played in, uh, a factor into your success, right? So Relly, take it away. Thanks, Rob. Um, wow, learning a lot from you, Akiko. And Talaga? Yeah, of course. See, I'm a good actor too. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> No, but you know, I think it's it's refreshing. It's refreshing for even the audience to to know to hear it from you, an elite athlete, athlete, Olympian. That you know, um, you know, the fear is always there. The fear is in everyone. You know, the fear of failure. Um, you know, but knowing that you just really have to face it uh, and 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 yes. go through it, right? And of course, you you know, you mentioned about with your with your with your dad about being there be there or be all you can be. I don't know. Just be there and commit to something. You know, this is something that, that's pretty much absent nowadays for the new generation where, you know, given, given a chance that if they're in sports and they can stay home with, with, with their mobile phones, you know, that's a really a tough decision right now. But, but yeah, I think, you know, it, it needs to come back, you know, to be able to, you know, to, yeah. to commit to something that you signed up for and, you know, it's, it's, it's a good lesson for me as well, as, as parents, I mean, with Rob as well. So, okay, so, so you mentioned that you've done things pretty much afraid, right? Including all your accomplishments. But each time you tell yourself that in order to beat it, you must be able to face it head on, which you just mentioned. Given this, uh, now faced with these fears in front of you, the question on everyone's mind is, what do you do to overcome this fear? How do you pounce on it? Ooh. How do I pounce on it? Oh my gosh, it's still there. It always tries to get its ugly head out. I mean, I, 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 sorry, I, I feel like I'm just, uh, just recently, you know, I, um, my husband and I uh, were invited to join the Special Olympics board. And I always knew we would have, be involved in this, this world, this ad, uh, advocate, be part somehow because of my daughter who has Down syndrome. But I thought I would just, you know, ease my way into it first because this is a whole new world for me. I, I know nothing about it, you know, and, 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 but everyone on this board is brand new. And, you know, everyone, the lawyer there was, is our legal, blah, blah, blah. And so it came down, you know, they were trying to decide who was going to be the president, the chairman. And, you know, it came down to either my husband or me. And I knew that I couldn't weigh chips down with additional work. And I knew that, you know, I mean, I, I, I just couldn't do that, Jim. So I was very reluctant again and, and, and a fear again because, gosh, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, this is a whole new world. And, and, but you know what? I'm walking by faith, really. I really, I'm walking by faith. And, and I'm just putting one step in front of the other, trusting that the people that I need to be in contact with, the, pe the partners will come. And, and uh, yeah, and what better time than now also, right? I mean, again, it's the same thing. Opportunity. This is probably, this is a wonderful opportunity also to, to uh, just advocate for, the, for, our, for these, our children with intellectual disabilities. So 
Yeah, it's, 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 I think for everyone, it's always, maybe some more than others. Some people perhaps are just really lots of confidence in themselves. But, you know, I think, I think it always, I think it'll always show up in one, one form or another. And you just have to recognize it, recognize it really. And, and, and just, um, but for me, it was also realizing that it just made perfect sense, right? Sports and special needs. I mean, what, what, a, what a beautiful merge of something that is so relevant to me. And, and you know, yeah, so just do it afraid. Yeah, but going back, I think, you know, so sports and special needs, um, you, you, you've taken on the responsibility, right? And of course, with, with, with that kind of responsibility, it's really, of course, you're saying that this is something new to you and um, you haven't encountered it. But of course, you know, to be in order to master it, right, there's a lot of work that has to go into it, right? So how much work have you put into this? Um, you know, I'm, I, I take it that you are now the head of the special needs uh, Group, well, right? I, I, I don't know if I should be announcing it yet because it hasn't actually been, <laughs> been enough. so no, no, really, it's really very, very, very new. And so we are, you know, we just got our papers together. Uh -huh. And so, uh, you know, I was slowly getting more and more familiar with the programs that we have. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's funny, all these opportunities are coming for me to I don't know how they came, but just I'm, I'm speaking at this thing about our, our, the importance of physical activity and wellness for our children with special needs. Uh, and, you know, so, yeah, I, I think God has a way of just confirming your footsteps and knowing you're, you're where you're supposed to be. And I like, I like how, you know, your mindset towards this, right? I think it's... it's um... You know, just like embrace. Just, yeah, embrace it. Um, know more about it. Do your research. I think it's really more of really just putting in the work, um, being able to master. I think based on your track record, that's what that's a that's what you've always done, right? You have to have the heart, also, really. You know, I, I just you know, it, it's it's something that resonates. Definitely, of course. I mean, this 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 and this, you know. And oh, work, 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 work. I'm all hurt. <laughs> all that. That's it. But, but yeah, but it's great. That's great. That's great that you've taken on this this new role, and uh, you know, and and we're very confident that you'll do very well. Now, okay, let's let's talk about the importance of family. Like you know, right now with Chips and and your kids, and then of course um, with your parents, with Josh and and Julia, I think, and everyone else. So. Um, you even had, you know, even the presence of coaches that you've looked up to and even foster parents that you've stayed with, right, in, in, in the States. You know, they have actually helped you um, handle all sorts of pressure, right, especially in your swimming career. I can't imagine how you can take it all in and develop this at such an early age, right? You said 11, 12 years old, you were taken away. How have they helped you cope with this? I, you know, really, I wouldn't have been able to achieve whatever I was able to achieve without they they, they are part of making it happen honestly um, oh my gosh my dad when I joined the national team he was the one that would drive me to the pool when I still couldn't drive he would drive me early in the morning my mom went to every single competition I went to um, and and she but she's a very my mom is Japanese so she's very She's not very uh, in your face, very quiet, but you know, the presence is there. Um, yeah, and so just, I can't, I, I come, my family's very close and I, and I give them so much credit. My father always knew, what I'm so grateful for is, you know, there's a, there's a role that the parents play and they have to work with the, the coaches, but there has to be such trust also. And because and, and, I think a lot of parents also over interfere and they, you know, they think they know better. And, but my dad always, you know, had great communication with my coaches, just asking kind of what he could do to support, uh, but was always let the coach do uh, what they do best. And with my coaches, really, I was just so blessed to have coaches who really, 
you know, there are good people who cared about me as an individual. It, you know, it wasn't just important that I was a good swimmer. I had to have grades. I had, you know, I had to be a good girl. I mean, not, not a smart ass or, you know, whatever. Um, and the coaches also, I know, I, you know, at some point, you know, I, I, I realized this afterwards, but they were also kind of shielding me from, because there could be a lot of negative press or negative things that people are saying to you. And so if you don't need to hear those stuff, yeah, they, 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 would, they found a way to always kind of give me what they, what they knew I needed. So really, they're part and parcel of, of, of whatever success that I, I, I couldn't have done it alone, really. And I guess, you know, the deeper, you know, meaning to this one is, you know, they've actually helped you grow up, you know, as, as a person, as a, as, a, as a tween to a teenager to, you know, really experience what it is to grow up, right? Really? I wasn't, you know, I think... I'm disciplined because it was the journey, the path that I took. I mean, yes, of course, my dad was a, a strict disciplinarian, you know, um, and so that helped. But I think, you know, the whole regimen, when you start them young, really, it it's, becomes the only life they know. And I mean, I wasn't, you know, you don't, you're not asked to do so much all at once. You know, there's, there's small sacrifices that you make and then it gets bigger and bigger and then you're, you know, and so it was, it was a buildup really. It wasn't something that I just, you know, I'm a disciplined girl. I can, whatever. No, it, it's just, yeah. Incremental. I see. Well, I guess, you know, we just grew up the same, right? Experience the same things that a normal person would experience. But, but yeah, I think, I think what's important here is that, you know, you're able to, you're able to, you know, keep focus uh, and mm. stay, stay within the objective, right, within the career. So, all right. So I guess, you know, with all this, right, everything that you do afraid, doing all the work, um, you know, is this, is this, is this something that you, that you recommend to our audience that, you know, you should have this, you should be able to take this on and, uh, you know, be not afraid and just, Face it. I think it's important that uh, for people just to always realize it's normal. Everyone has fears, uh, and 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 it's just something that we just have to be conscious about when it when it shows its head up, and and just. Um, I for me again, you know, just uh, re pausing, reflecting, just making sure this is where I'm supposed to be, and 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 just. And if so, proceeding and, and just trusting the journey, not, not, not being, because fear, I think, can really hold you back. If, 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 and, and you will never reach your potential or what you can do if you don't do it because you're afraid of what might happen or afraid you won't succeed. That's right. I mean, it will always be there, you know, especially when it comes to new challenges which we all experience, even our audience experience, but I guess with the, the right training and the right- mindset. Weren't you guys afraid starting this <clears throat> podcast? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I don't talk much, but yeah, but, but yeah, Look I guess- you this. Know. <laughs> But you see- And it's, I mean- It's just, it's yeah. just happening, it's just happening. And, and it's so awesome. Look at the, it, it's, yeah. I love it. So, uh, you know, hey, thanks for thanks for for giving us insights. And again, you know, we all put in the work. And if we do this all the time, you know, we're just gonna go places and be successful. So, thank you. I'll turn you over now to Sim for the uh, summary. Thank you, Rally. So, it takes a village to raise a champion. And you know, Akika, if if you shared so much with us today and we super love your enthusiasm, how you've shifted from like being very energetic and you, you got into, into game mode also at some point. Uh, but, you know, if you were to share with our audience today some key takeaways, uh, what would that be? Just for, from my own personal experience, you know, I, one of the painful lessons have also been 
the, the best lessons for me. Um, you know, as I was sharing with you, Simone, earlier, um, just re- being conscious of why you're doing what you're doing and, and who you're doing it for. Um, that, was, that was something, a very important lesson for me to learn is just that um, doing my best was more than enough and that I wasn't gonna be able to satisfy everyone's expectations of me. That's too much. Um, Another thing I think is that, you know, um, fear is part of life. We all have that, especially when we transition into new seasons of life and and embarking on something that is unfamiliar. Uh, But with research, with hard work, with, you know, just with faith also, you know, just, 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 moving forward one small step at a time, um, you realize that it wasn't actually all that scary or all that, you know, you just create this monster that's not a monster. And also just finally, just the importance of of your tribe. Um, You know, it's not not a solo journey. Um, I, I, I needed my my family, I needed my coaches, so many, so many pieces uh, for me in the puzzle that enabled me to reach uh, my potential to, to, to go as far as I did. Um, yeah. Thanks, Akiko. And there you have it, guys. Akiko Thompson Guevara's top three tips on how we can develop courage are one, know that excellence is personal, two, show up. Face your fear and be all there. And three, you got to put in the work to overcome the fear. Now it's time for our next segment that we call Crutch Time. All right, Akiko, we're going to throw you some questions and you're going to have to answer them as fast as you can. And there's no... Be nice. Yeah. Be kind. Nice. Don't worry, we will. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no need to explain, all right? Unless, unless we can't help but ask. All right? Okay. Ready? Okay. One. Are you a sports person or a sports fan? Sports person. Favorite sport? Oh. Give in. Yes. Swimming. Favorite sports film? <clears throat> That's hard. Uh, does um, but does Sea Biscuit count? Yeah. I, I like. like I, I bought. I bought the DVD and I watched <laughs> it multiple times because I liked it. <laughs> Okay, favorite all-time sports coach? Uh, well, Terry and, and Pinky, who are both my coaches and different phases of my life. Right. End goals or process goals? Process. It's funny you mentioned Seabiscuit because I remember Vin Santos, who was our then program director in Ateneo Football, also made us watch Seabiscuit for as an. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, we loved it. Yeah, he made so you he watch it. Building seminar. Yeah, he made us watch it, man. Oh, see, okay. watch it, really. <laughs> Toby Maguire. Memorable sports experience. What's that? Say it again. Most memorable sports experience. Ah, oh, 1991 Sea Games in Manila. They were chanting our names. They were, it was just, it was awesome. Other sports you could excel in other than swimming? What, say that if I could excel in anything else? Yeah, in any other sport other than swimming. Wow, oh, trap shooting. Mm, Interesting. I like that. (laughs) Okay, athlete you admired the most. Two, uh, Paeng Nepumoseno and Roger Federer. Mm. Such a grace, grace, graceful longevity. I mean, nice. Okay, favorite historical film. Favorite historical film. Holy smokes! <laughs> Do I have to mind? <laughs> well, you know, my husband and I are watching um, Last Kingdom. I don't think it's based on actual, uh, the last thing that I would normally watch. It's too gruesome, but I'm actually getting into it. This one, favorite biographical film other than Seabiscuit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
gosh, I can't think of any. I really can't. Sorry, I, I, if, if I remember, I was I, I, I just can't think of anything. But I know there is. I know there is, but I just can't think of it right now. All right. Okay. okay. Next question. Most, most inspiring speaker. Hirap naman to. What comes to mind? <laughs> well, it, it's not the most inspiring. But I, I, I was, it's not the most inspiring, but I, I was listening to... Uh, Merkel's uh, uh, Harvard um, commencement speech, but there was another, <clears throat> I don't know his name, but it was an African-American man, which was really inspiring. I Denzel. don't know the name, see, I, I told you. No, it wasn't Denzel. It, he, wasn't, he wasn't somewhat famous, actually. Okay. Favorite food? I like Indian, I like Thai, I like Japanese. Yummy. <laughs> What's on the top of the list for your hobbies now? Um, gosh, well, on the occasion I play the piano. Uh, I, I'm reading, I read on the, you know, I try to read a chapter or two at, at night. Um, and on the occasion, I watch um, some Netflix with my husband. Nice, nice. The ocean or the mountains? Ocean! <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? I don't know. Superpower. <laughs> oh. It would be great if um, forgiveness, you know, I mean, if you, not, not, not holding grudges or, but maybe that's something we all can develop. That's great. And you know, these answers to that question with our previous guests are really good. Huh? <laughs> uh, you have my next question. <laughs> Last two, last two, last two. Um, life purpose in three words. I want my life to count. Not in three words. Sorry. Because uh, I, I, I just feel like life is so short and, and you have to, you want to, you just do the best you can where you're at and, and yeah. So that's not three words. I don't know. Okay, last question. Favorite quote? Be all there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> short and simple, right? That's Be great. all there. Nice. It's actually three words. <laughs> that's right. I'm still thinking about my favorite autobiographical. <laughs> I. See, I think I watched Anya Suki's life story, but that, I don't know if that's my favorite. It's good. It's good, despite that. Yeah. So, Sim? We'll share it next time once you, once you remember. But ding, 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 ding. All right. Uh, crunch time is done. Thank you so much, Akiko, for being super game uh, for this, even if you wanted it to end already. And now we've come to the end of the episode for our final messages. Relly and Robbie, let's share with our teammates what we have in store for them in our next episode. Thanks, Sim. Uh, teammates, I hope you enjoyed our session today. Thank you again for joining us. Please do share your thoughts with us on Facebook and tag the Gold Diggers page. Or you could simply share our posts or comment on our video uploads on Facebook and YouTube. We'd really love to hear from you guys. And... Thank you also to everyone who has followed us on our Facebook page and subscribed to our YouTube page. Even if, if you haven't liked or followed us, we hope you can click that button and continue to dig in with us. Our next episode is with billiard world champion Rubilen Bing Amit. This is next Saturday. Um, got any questions for Bing? Feel free to message us on our Facebook page. See you again, teammates, and hope you enjoyed. Robbie? Thank you, Relly. So Akiko, your life story so far is one of courage and more importantly, greatness. And we thank you so much for the time, the wisdom, the experience, your candor that you shared with us and the rest of our listeners. 
So thanks to people like you, there's a lot that we can learn from in sports and especially in overcoming fear and anxiety and really moving forward. So thank you so much. Um, teammates, yes, we're you. very happy to share that we began the Gold Diggers Mental Health Minute in partnership with Rock Ed Philippines just last week. And we realized that the mental game is an aspect that daily grinders need to work on. And the Mental Health Minute is one way that we can help provide tangible tips one minute at a time. So please join us. Um, join our fellow Gold Digger, Gang Badoy Kapati, on Thursday on the Gold Diggers social media pages and get those mental reps in. So check out Gold Diggers Mental Health Minute on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, as well as our Spotify for more details. So, so to our teammates in Rock Ed Philippines, thank you very much for what you do. And lastly, let's continue to um, raise funds for our advocacy pitch and PH, and let's continue helping out our fellow Filipinos who are in most need. Please follow our Facebook page for more details on how you two can learn how to pitch in for PH. So over to the woman of the hour, uh, Akiko Thompson-Guevara, your final message for this episode. Um, thank you guys for having me today. Uh, congratulations to you guys also for just uh, what a wonderful thing that was birthed in the time of COVID. And uh, just, uh, yeah, keep keep on, keep on inspiring. And I, you know, just you're doing a great job. Um, I hope I hope there's some gold nuggets uh, in, in, in today's uh, episode. And just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the privilege. And now since we come to the end of our episode, I can finally say that Kiko, I'm such a huge fan. I hope it didn't show. <laughs> I've been fangirling. <laughs> but yeah, and that ends our session for today. Catch you on the next episode of The Gold Diggers. Remember to dream, dig in, and win. See you on our next episode.